Right, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chats Under the Cherry Tree. And uh, it's Dan today. It's been Sanji the last few times, but I have returned because today we have got a chat with Harry Meredith, who is the author of our Football Rising Star series, and we are going to talk football. So we decided I was a better person to uh, <laughs> to do that one. Sanji was like, I don't know what I'm on about. Um, so how are you? Nice to have you I'm here. I'm good. Thanks for having me here, Dan. No um, worries. Yeah, great to be in Sweet Cherry Publishing House for the first time. Yes, where we come to the office for the first time, or Creative Studio, I think we're calling it Creative now. Sounds studio. better than office. Okay. Sounds better than office. Um, but yeah, you've got to see and run. Like I say, once we've done this, we'll go around and give you a tour and introduce you to everyone. You can see how it all works. I think we've got the designers that work on Football Rising Stars are both in today as well, so you can get a peek at what they're doing for some of the upcoming books, maybe. Perfect. So, um, but yeah, no, so really, sort of, um, so like I say, you're, you're the author for our Football Rising Stars series, which is a, uh, a series that focuses on young and up and coming football players in both the, the men's and women's game. Um, so I just wanted to get you in really to have a chat about Football Rising Stars and the series as a whole and how you approach it, just because I'm sure you're aware the point of this podcast is to uh, peel back the curtain a little bit, let people know some of the processes that go into both writing a book and designing a book and publishing a book and everything that we do um, in publishing because it's a bit of a closed off industry um, so we'll start what is the Football Rising Stars series to you then Why, how, did you pitch it to us did you get given it how did it all come about um, so there's a collaborative effort between myself and a couple of the um, Sweet Cherry editors mm-hmm. so I came to Sweet Cherry and said I was interested in writing a children's book for them so I didn't come in with Football Rising Stars as a whole and we sort of worked together to create the concept. So we've input from the team, a couple of old members that aren't here now, I think Cecilia, Ashley, mm-hmm. um, we sort of put our minds together and thought we wanted to create a book um, within the football space. And yeah, we came up with Football Rising Stars. We wanted to focus on young and up, up and coming football players and we could try and look behind the scenes and discover how they got to where they are today. Nice, nice. I mean, it's it's a, it's a big one for me um, since starting here. When I obviously when I started, season one was already series one had already been done. So yeah. I think we we, did, we had the ten book box set already out there. Um, and then since I've started, really the books that have been coming out are the start of series two, which obviously um, highlights players in the women's game, which um, is very important and good to see. Um, I know I for a fact have been enjoying the uh, the drive behind the women's game at the moment to try and push it forward and get it in front of more people. Um, bought myself a lioness shirt, the one that they oh, won the amazing. Euros in with the little like the iridescent badge. So I've got yeah. one of those at home. Um, always try and catch a lioness's game when it's on because they're almost certainly going to do better than the men. So it's always nice to see England actually win. Um, no, I got so, to go to um, a game down at the Coventry Stadium. It was, it was oh, nice. great to see just the thousands of people that flocked there. So you saw like young girls walk into the stadium and just this wholesome atmosphere that it created it was brilliant mm. just to see so many people turning up to a football game and enjoying it for the love of it uh, yeah it was really inspiring to see yeah and I think I think one of the reasons I was going to ask you really is how why do you think it's so important that um, Football Rising Stars like you say is both the men and women's game other than the fact that we're just focusing on young up and coming football players um, but I think anyway and you can give your opinion in a minute I think it's important that we highlight sports women especially to try and inspire young girls to take up sport when a lot of the times they've been in, in the past people have been told no you can't do that that's for the boys and then you go and play this sport or you do something different and it's hard for young kids to get into something if they don't have those role models to look up to if they don't have the people that they see playing the sport that you're like I want to do that I want to be a goalie I want to play midfield or whatever because of this player and that's why I think the second series of Football Rising Stars is really important because it helps get that out there even further in a way that say more young girls hopefully can see it 
read about the stories of these players get inspired and also go on and play football. Absolutely. It's been so inspiring even for myself to go through these journeys with these football players and see how the troubles that they've faced and how they've got to where they are. And it's our job as publishers, as writers, as anyone within um, a space that works within media is just to get their faces and these stars mm. more into the public eye because the reason why the men's game has became, become so big is because obviously you've got the skilled players and then audience flock to it and you've got tele televised matches and you've got media coverage everywhere and that same level of skill and ability is within the women's game and finally we're starting to see that more we're getting more books about it we're getting more televised games we're getting the lionesses um, the world cup campaigns the euro campaigns and it's time for us to yeah shine a spotlight on that and help inspire among young girl more young girls more young boys to um yeah to be inspired by the lionesses like we all have over the past couple of years yeah, hundred uh, percent, and definitely one thing that I would say as well is if you tend to find, I imagine we could you can attest this a bit more when you talk about how you research players, but especially with series two, these players there's they're not in it for finance for finances. They are there not because they want to play the football game. and they love playing football. Whereas a lot of male football players, I mean, I'm trying to think, was it is it Ben White that plays for Arsenal? So I don't watch football, <laughs> don't like football. Well, why do you play it? Because yeah. you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week to go ball about. It's like you have to love it to go over all the hurdles that they have to face and the to play it. Yeah, the, the, the yeah people being told no that they shouldn't be able to do it or it's not built for them or their bodies aren't supposed to be used to this. Mm. So it's yeah, it's really inspiring to see these stories of how these um, young girls have gotten past all of these hurdles and made it in the professional game. Mm. So you get given a list of players that we're going to do. Or do you have the? How does how does that work? You so got it's the input. A bit of a back and forth. So okay. I think I, I try to I go out and Skype an enormous list of players. So it probably it feels like there's so many books that we could write for this series, but it's always trying to like um, squeeze it down to the the ten that we want to write about this time. Mm. So I um I go out have a look. Obviously I'm watching football all the time. Slightly addicted to football, so <laughs> players do come to mind quite quickly. But um, I look at that list, I look at the clubs that they play for, try and discover the story behind how they've got there. Because you could just pick the 10 most popular players, but then it's about what were their stories and how they got to where they are today. So mm. it's trying to find people that have come from um, different backgrounds and people that have come from um, different areas across the world and the different um, challenges that they've then faced. So it will be, yeah, send that list over to Sweet Cherry. Um, we have some some discussions with that. We try and... Um, yeah, get a wide blend of players from different areas across the world, and then it's about um, yeah, just picking our favourite ten uh, towards the end. So then you get given that that list of ten. I know, and <clears throat> before I go into this, I agree. By the way, it's quite hard to sometimes it's it's interesting to find the varied stories as well. Which is, I know when they were talking about players that we could do, I pushed quite hard for Alfonso Davies to be one yeah. because if you look into his background, as I'm sure you will, because I think he's going we're going to do one on him very very different to a lot of people out there absolutely um, and definitely an interesting story so how then you get the list of 10 what's your research process how how do you go about gathering okay. everything you need to tell their story okay so my research process it very much comes into uh, so i say chloe kelly pick that player and i know okay over the next month or two i'm gonna be completely focused on um learning as much as i can about chloe kelly and writing her story in the best way that i can mm -hmm. so it comes to finding the best sources that i can so we have no direct um contact with any of the players when we write this series it's all um, unofficial and it comes from um our own research mm -hmm. so it's very much about um finding interviews or it's incredibly helpful being able to find um 
the players speak about their experiences themselves because I think that's always going to be the best place to be. Um, you've also got things such as podcasts, like we're doing today, uh, which are always really useful. Um, obviously, players will make appearances on those, and you have articles out there. So it's just very much trying to yeah, rush across the landscape and find the most accurate information that I can um, among what can sometimes be yeah, a, a lot of information, as you can imagine, football being as big as it is. Mm. There's a lot out there, and it's just trying to get to the most accurate um, sources that we can find. Okay. Um, a question here from Ella, who anyone yes. that listens to the podcast, and I think um, not, should know Ella now. Her episode came out last Monday. Um, she's our marketing intern. And it's a, it's a big question to get out of the way. Which football club do you support? So, Leicester I know the City. Answer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leicester City is my team. Obviously, I'm from Leicester myself. And I, I will have to admit, when I was younger, Leicester wasn't the first team that I supported. A bit of an exclusive here. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, because Leicester went on TV at the time when I was growing up, sadly. Um, I did quite like Arsenal and Liverpool. Okay. Um, but then I um, developed and realised that Leicester City was, of course, the best team in the world. So, yeah, I then became a Leicester City fan. There. And um, anyone that's listening that cares, I'm a West Ham fan. Okay, so <laughs> getting through it. Happy with the weekend. Happy with the weekend. Not the weekend before, but happy with this weekend. Um, my brother actually went. Didn't even invite me. The snake. Oh no. I know. I only saw when he posted a photo of him in the stadium. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, so you've started your research. How do you find the editing process? Obviously, you put together the story and then you send it across to editors and then editors send it back to you. How do you find that process? Is that normally quite painless or quite painful, do you find, from your side of things? I think I've, I'm, I'm currently writing book, I think it's 22 of the Football Rising Stars series. <laughs> so I think we've had gone from different editor at the start to who we've got now, the lovely Sarah. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I think it has become a really lovely experience. So I think when we first started, it was very much like well, you're, you're creating a series, you're working on the style, you're writing on the correct plot points and arches that you want to hit, and it's always been about um, yeah, getting it to the best standard that we can um, achieve. And I think as time's gone on, we've sort of perfected that. It's got its own little quirks that we always try and hit. It's got, um, And I find the input from the editors are always incredibly helpful because they'll find out during their research, during their editorial time, a really interesting fact about our player too, and then it'll go... Well, that would be a really great um, addition to this book and then you look into that and you find you have more time to add little um, yeah, little pieces that are going to enrich the story even more and it's always lovely when you find out just these yeah, little facts that no one would ever believe about a football player mm. So obviously you go through the editing process obviously I, I get, obviously design you won't have much input on no sadly so you not. just get them the lovely books you get to see them once they're finished um which i think they do look really nice to be fair i said um, yeah i say sadly not i think it's best for everyone because <laughs> I, I um i can't draw at all but no yeah the team do a wonderful job yeah they do, they do a really nice job um the inside of them especially with like all the extra graphics and all that kind of stuff they add in i think are really nice and definitely help to encourage um People that might not necessarily be as into reading um, of a young age um, to, to pick to pick up the book and have a look at it because it's a bit more visually stimulating than just words on a page, at least in my opinion, as someone that was also a reluctant reader for a very long time. I guess, yeah, absolutely. That hits on, I guess, one of the main points of Football Rising Stars. It's that lovely idea of trying to create a book for everyone. It's mm. the idea of that you, it, football and reading doesn't always come hand in hand. So it's that idea of a young kid, a boy or girl might see this on a bookshelf or see a book about their favourite football player and they immediately recognise that celebrity, they recognise that sports person and go, I'm quite excited to read this, I want to find out more about this person. I think it can be a really nice avenue for to get children into reading that perhaps um, don't already. 
And I think I have heard, I've heard some lovely stories, I think from Sanji and Abdul and different people about how it's helped um, their kid get into reading. And um, yeah, that's yeah, been really nice to hear. Good. Yeah, it's one of those things that if you can grab them with something that interests them, then hopefully you can, like say, bring them into the medium of reading and get them interested so that they can read other stuff. So we've all been very positive, all been very lovely. Yes. What's one challenge, an unexpected challenge you've faced when writing Football Rising Stars? It could be anything that you just thought, I didn't ever think this would be a problem. An unexpected challenge? Well, I think because I've looked at players from all across the world, mm. working with players that play and speak English, um, obviously it's quite easy to find coverage out there, but then I've had to go out and find coverage on players that play in France, um, speak French, media's all in French, mm. uh, yeah. the articles about them are in French, and... I don't speak French, so it's very much, yeah, trying to... I absolutely love translators, so I just want to put it out there in the world. But, um, yeah, trying to find the most accurate information, it's, like, times two difficulty because all of a sudden it's not a language that you understand or speak, so it's trying to get, yeah, get the truth um, in a different language as well. So I think, yeah, I never thought I'd have to try and load up as many different articles in as many different languages I have. I suppose mm. that's a different that's a challenge. Yeah, no, I would probably probably wouldn't have thought of that either. And then especially like say if you put it into Google Translate and it gives you that literal translation where you lose like all of yeah, the nuance and then of how what's much can you trust it. Said. That's always the, yeah, that's always <laughs> the point as well. You've got to and it's like, okay, yeah, that's definitely not right. <laughs> um so we've got another question from Ella. How old were you when you started writing stories and what made you want to become an author and get into writing? Um, so I think I first started to really enjoy stories was actually through the medium of drama. So I really enjoyed drama at school. And I think after my lofty ambitions of becoming a footballer, I realised weren't going to happen because my feet were too clumsy. Project I worked in Bappe, didn't I, work. You know, no, not quite. <laughs> I went, OK, well, I'm going to be the next realistic thing. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. So then <laughs> I really enjoyed my drama, threw myself into that. But after a couple of years of doing that, I found... The reason I was drawn to drama wasn't because of, I was excited by the performance or the acting side of it, it was because I was fascinated by the stories behind it and the plays it, that you get to create and devise. And then it sort of, I sort of slowly merged in that into, yeah, trying to create my own world, trying to create my own stories. So mm. I'd probably say around 14, 15 was around the time that that book sort of hit me. Like okay. I'd always been... I'd enjoyed reading, but I'd never would have described myself as like a voracious reader. I very much had that time where I really enjoyed reading when I was younger, and then I had sort of hit the teenage years, and I, I probably stopped for a couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, yeah, through drama is where I got into writing. And did, so you said you re stopped reading for a couple of years, and something that I've always found interesting is, did that aspiration then of wanting to be an author also stop for a couple of years and then come back later, or did that sort of remain the whole way through? Um, I think it's a strange one. It's one of those, people can have those dreams about what they want to become, but then it's because it's something lofty, like being a footballer, an actor, a writer, sometimes it depends how much you commit yourself to it. Mm -hmm. So I um, obviously went through my final years at GCSE, went through that and wrote a little bit on the side, but it was never, I'm going to be a writer one day. It was just a bit of a dream. But then towards the end of A-levels, I got to had to make a decision on what I wanted to study and I ended up going to study creative writing at university yeah. and obviously that's not something you have to do to be a writer at all but it was something where for three years I could focus on writing try lots of different styles and see if I could become um, better at it and I think that was yeah that really helped me I made that commitment to myself to yeah try and become a writer and try and make it happen 
No, nice. It's good to hear that you, like you say, you take those steps to sort of like, just just give this a go, do a course, see what happens, yeah. see you end up. Like and here you are. Pursue some, yeah, pursue something you enjoy and see how far you can take it. And here you are, sat in an office talking to me. Who would have thought, mate? <laughs> wow, you've made the, it. The dreams. <laughs> the dreams. Um, let's have a look at some of the other questions that Ella's got. Important one, what's your favourite biscuit? My favourite biscuit? Oh, that's left field. Oh, <laughs> it's at the bottom of the list. Oh, um, oh can I be... I do love a good cookie. It's a bit boring, uh, like a Maryland kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even an Aldi substitute's worth it for me. Just yeah, <laughs> any kind of cookie with little chocolate chips in there would probably be if I had to pick one. Okay, that'd probably be it. And a more on-topic question: How long, roughly, does it take you to finish one book? One book. So it's the times changed over the series, but it's it tends to be. About five weeks. I think it's sort of the pattern. So just over a month. It gives you that time. It probably takes a full month to be able to get the full first draft out there. But you always need that little cushion at the end. Because obviously I can't just send to Sweet Trey these initial scribbles that I've made. I have to take at least that week to go back and comb through it and go, mm-hmm. this is the best that it can be. And then let the um, editorial team make it even, even better. Nice. So um, I know for a fact, obviously, what I do a bit of the marketing side of Sweet Cherry, that your old school is very supportive of you or is it your local school um yeah so it was actually um a child in middlesbrough so um actually really enjoyed the series and they started to really champion it and then they asked their teachers can you order more of these books into the library mm. and then in the end um they end up having a bit of a harry meredith shrine to the football <laughs> rising stars all along the walls and then um i got a brilliant day i got to um go up to the school and um talk to the kids um go through the books and yeah, it was brilliant to see how much they'd enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that was really nice. But yeah, that was that was a new experience. I think I've definitely I've had some great experience through football rising stars because I'd never used to be the kind of person that would definitely go up and stand in front of an audience. But it's given me lots of opportunities too. So for example, mm. last year I did a Zoom call I think for the National Literacy Trust to over about three and a half thousand children in the northeast of England, and it was crazy to think all of the <laughs> all of the people behind that screen. But it's yeah, the school visit is it's so lovely to see um, how much it can, how much it can mean to children just to meet an author, and so they can think, oh, I can do that too one day. If here's a real person in front of me that has written a book. Why can't I do that too? Yeah, and and, and as you were saying on the sort of the opportunities to speak, obviously I know that you we set you up uh, on a football panel, a football expert panel, football in books, wasn't yeah. it, or something like that? Yes, um, you did uh, at a yeah, book festival. festival. Yeah, so you went on that, and you also spoke at our. Storyline showcase in London as well. Yeah, that was brilliant. There were so many people there. That it was so nice to just have all of Sweet Cherry together. Because I don't think I'd really done that before. I'd seen a few of you. Obviously, I'd spoken to you before, had a few calls. But I think to meet the whole team was a, yeah, a really nice experience. Especially, I think that was the first time. Because it's Sophia Jones, um, one of the illustrators on the team. I mm-hmm. think he wrote for the not wrote um, was the one of the main illustrators on the. Um, first series it was great yeah. to finally meet the person that had actually yeah Done created it. the beautiful art on, in front of the books yeah and it, it, I think a lot of the things as well it's like you say you don't realise how many people there are but working behind the scenes in so many different job roles until you see them all there Absolutely. on the stage and you're like bloody hell there's quite a lot of them <laughs> all working away because <laughs> that was the same for me I sort of when I started I was like there's entire job roles in this in, in this industry that I didn't even know was a thing um, Absolutely. <clears throat> that's good so then if you were we'll sort of move on a little bit and um, one thing that I always like to ask anyone that comes on here is what is some advice that you would give to aspire to aspiring, whether it be, or- obviously in your case, it would be authors. So 
Um, Inspiring authors, a bit of advice from Harry Meredith. Um, it would just be to keep going, I suppose. So I, you create your own stories and you do it for the fun of it. And it's important not to get lost in trying to create something um, that you want to sell. Sometimes it's that. You can just write something for yourself and not feel the pressure of it. And do that. Try your best at that. And then feel that you've created something that you're really happy with and you've thrown your best at it. Keep going and going again and just try and get in contact. Don't be afraid to submit your work to someone. So I think I'd submitted my work quite a few times to publishers before and it didn't go anywhere. But out of absolutely nowhere, this opportunity came where we didn't want to work directly with the story that I'd submitted, but um, the editors really liked my writing style and they sort mm. of saw something there and said, you know what, let's try and um, create something together with this writer. So I think you don't quite think that when you send something in that it could lead to something like this and yeah just sending in that submission it was actually during 2020 during the covid era um yeah and then you'll get an email on a monday morning and um, they'll say that they want to work with you so yeah so just keep persisting write things that you feel passionate about i think that could always be helpful and um yeah keep persisting and you'll get there oh nice that's good um so obviously when people are going to be hearing this it should be one week before the release of the next three Football oh, Rising stars. So do you want to tell them which the next three are as a little sneak peek? Yeah, so we've got Chloe Kelly, uh, we've got Marie Antoinette Cototo, and we've also got Mallory Swanson. There you go. Yeah. The next three. <laughs> That'll be four books then of series yes. two four that come out. Of series two. It started um, with Leah Williamson at the end of last year, which did very well, and people were very excited by. Lovely. Um, it was a got... great, great player to start with, I think, as well. Yeah, people... She's been such a hero uh, um, for the team and to see um, yeah, how much the Lioness have inspired the country and all the people um, enjoying that. So yeah, that's a great one to start with. And then we've got the three more, then there'll be six more coming after that, all focusing on um, Rising Stars and the women's game. Yeah, that would be good. So, um, well, thank you for coming to have a little chat with us. Thanks for having me, Dan. Taking, taking time out of your busy schedule. We can now get you to sign some books and take you for a tour of the office. I'm sure Sandy's <laughs> around here somewhere. I heard him in the background. I'm sure... The mic's probably picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we'll do this all over again. <laughs> no, thank you very much for coming, no, Harry. And, thank um, you for having me. Keep on writing great books that are going to hopefully inspire young readers to get into football. The next in the Football Rising Stars series, uh, which is Mallory Swanson, Marie Antoinette Cototo, and Chloe Kelly, all published on the 11th of January 2024. So we hope you pick up a copy and enjoy them. Thank you very much for listening.